episode of Block Talk, presented by Theorem The Now. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe to Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, so you never miss an episode. Leave a five-star review while you're there. Did you know there is an easy way to support the podcast and keep the show going? Buy Me A Coffee is an incredible new platform where you, the loyal Block Talk audience, can say thank you to your favorite host. All you have to do is show support with a few taps by leaving a little tip that's just like buying me a cup of coffee. And the great thing is, you don't even need to create an account. Visit buymeacoffee.com slash blocktalk and keep blocktalk going strong like a cup of coffee. And as always, follow me on Instagram at michaelblocktalk, on Twitter at blocktalkmyc, and visit theaterthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. Sometimes I feature some incredible guests at a certain moment in time, and then a lot happens since their appearance that is not chronicled in podcast form. And now's the time to change that. This is an opportunity to have guests who have taken part in the quintessential block talk interview to come back and talk about what they've been up to and put a spotlight on some of their upcoming projects. Welcome to the block talk back and back on the pod is someone who has traded accents and hopped across the pond for a new adventure in London. It's the bearded beauty herself, Ariola Grande. Hello. Hi, what's up? You're right, babes. <laughs> wow, um, is is that your uh, best Mohart doing a British accent? Um, no, it was just me doing it. Is it bad? <laughs> sure, it's great. Um, um, how, how are you? I get different um hot takes every time. Some people are just drunk enough where they're like, "Yes, it's good." Um, well, it is four p.m. my time in the uk um so we're we're intercontinental right now yeah yeah this this is like second time we have recorded um from two different countries which is exciting it's fun but now it's just about us yes well mostly about you we're these interviews are never about me they're always but yeah (laughs) and let's be real you want it about you you love the spotlight no no of course not absolutely not never we're going to talk about life since the first podcast you were on. Do you remember anything about that podcast? Um, it, well, it was back in the days where we could sit next to each other. Um, okay. So I was in your apartment in Astoria. Um, I, I honestly, yeah, I remember it quite fondly. I think a lot of the characters that you asked me about are still present in my life in some way um we've moved and there i've moved and there's people all over but um yeah i mean you've been with me for a lot of hariola yeah absolutely I, well, I, most of it yeah we're, we're gonna find out what's been new since you were last interviewed in november of 2018 that was episode 81 was like three and a half years ago yeah it's been a while it's been it's been it's been some time holy things have changed haven't they yeah (laughs) um let's start with this how long does it take you to get into drag nowadays because i have the answer from that interview okay well i have since shaved my brows um i'm sure michael will get to it at some point but i have instagram So I 
Last week was quite a rush and I got into drag in, uh, into my face in 35 minutes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, the UK does have a lot more space that you can actually like get into body, get into costuming and like all of the stuff that you don't have to like be at the gig fully ready. So mm -hmm. I've kind of just been getting into, into face and not body. Um, I would say my face, I like it to take about an hour, an hour and 15 and then commute to wherever I go. But I would say body tights everything now, like an hour and a half. Would you like to know your answer from uh, episode 81? I think if this was November of 2018, I probably said two and a half hours. Your answer was two to three and a half hours, depending on how much weed you're smoking. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, word for word. That's what that's that was your answer. And, and honestly, that that's true. You You used to be that bitch who took forever. Well, yeah, I would say that it just was, it's, it's glue and my, you know, and it's brows and I'm, I sweat a lot. So I need to take like, you know, fan breaks and everything. So sure. I could still, yeah, I could still take a full two hours if I wanted to, but I think I was also including like body corset stock, you know, stocking heels. Well, oh. we're going to enter our first segment. It's called Since You've Been On. Uh, I'm going to ask you some questions and you're going to figure out if you can get and give me an answer for like how much how much of things have happened since. Are you ready? Yeah. How many rounds of bingo have you hosted? <laughs> have you done the math? I haven't done the math. I Because honestly, I can't figure out how many times you had to call out for, um, you know, being around straight people's weddings. That's true. Um, that that's fair. Also, did you hear how British I sounded? Did you do the math? Um, okay. Um, I would say <sighs> I was at Albatross for maybe a full year, a year, and and maybe three fourths a year. So like close to two years every Sunday. I would say maybe like eighty bingos there plus what I was doing at. Uh, Heart of Gold, um, which was just for maybe three or four months once a week. I don't know, like probably a hundred, like a hundred plus. Not bad. Is, do you miss it's, bingo? It's not really a lot. I feel like, like well, it, I mean, it could have been the eighty. Were you counting them? Um, that's eighty the days, so that's times four. Oh right, rounds. So you, you played a lot of rounds of bingo. Right. Right. Damn, you yeah. Miss it. yeah, I definitely miss bingo, especially in the UK. It's something completely different. They don't do B-I-N-G-O, so they don't call like B-10. They just call the number and they kind of have a little stick that they do along with separate numbers and you just only play horizontal. So you get you try to get just one horizontal because they're long cards. I meant to have it out, but it's not here. So they're like long cards. Not that anyone can see it's a podcast, <laughs> but um, and so you basically like you go, you get the first line and then the second line and then the third line, which is like a full card moment. Um, gotcha. So it's a little bit different, but uh, I definitely miss bingo. But I also what was what was your favorite letter to call? Just letter. Well, letter and number. Yeah, I mean, 069 is always a good time. Yeah, I, I, I was going to, of course, that was going to be your answer. Because, I, I mean, back when we were, like, pre-pandemic, I would do this thing where I would ask who was 
each other's partner and I would have the partner or fake orgasm as their significant other. And I feel like that was always a hoot and a half because people would just get super embarrassed or they would do something funny or weird. So it was a little bit different than just, you know, everyone moaning and orgasm. Was, was that your way of weeding out who was available? I mean, there's always a little bit method to the madness. Let's not give out the secrets, Michael. How many new wigs and looks do you have? From, from 2018, like when we chatted? or yeah. Mm. that question makes me sad because I had a lot in storage and I gave a lot away when I moved so like to be the, the real only honest answer like right now is like two or three like I only bought two wigs while I've been in the UK um three but one like not styled um but yeah definitely had a lot I would say probably like 20 plus wigs and outfit wise five or six, maybe nicer pieces. Miss them? I definitely miss Christina and Bernadette. They're in a storage unit in Astoria right now. Yeah. We'll get them back one day. They'll, they'll, they'll appear on your head again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many times have you been to Disney World? In my life? No, since, since the interview. Okay, yeah. Um, at least... Thrice. All right. I feel like it was more than that. It could have been. I I had I have seen my friend Katie in different parts of the world, mm -hmm. but I think I've only been once for Easter and then once a delayed COVID Easter that turned into a Fourth of July. So I it, and maybe one time solo. I really can't. Yeah. Wow, me over here. I can recall every single time I've been to Disney where I stayed, all the fun things that happened. And you're like, I've been there so many times. I can't remember any of it. Yes, I do understand my Disney privilege there, but it is what <laughs> your best friend work as a castmate and have, you know, a, literally all of her friends are castmates, you know. How many Glam Awards have you nominated for? Just one with you, honey. Also, you. <laughs> did, did it feel good to get nominated for one? It felt good because I felt like we were trying to do something. I mean, obviously, a lot of people were doing what we were doing, but it was nice that we, I mean, we had fun doing it, you know. Um, yeah. For those who don't know, me and Michael were nominated for a Glam Award last year uh, during the pandemic when they added, like, digital online award shows. And that was fun because I really feel like we just, obviously, there were some stressor, stressors, but we just tried to, like, book people that like we had fun with and wanted to like hang with and have a good yeah. time and you know i got was, to turn was, yeah and it was definitely a great opportunity to meet new people work with people you never would have normally worked with right, um and and for me like i've been able to to yeah i've been able to have those people on the podcast which has been really great so there were some positive things out of covid right yeah yeah <laughs> very hard to find though but yes how many drag children have you had and how many drag babies in New York City have been born? So I don't have any drag children, actually. Um, there are, I feel like there's a couple of queens here through this competition that I just did that I'm sure we'll talk about that I just like kind of just like love nurturing a little bit. Um, and there's one or two back in New York as well, but I don't have any like legitimate children. Um, and then in terms of how many have been born in New York City, I'm sure that's 
I, I'm disgusting um, amount. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. How many Drag Race UK queens have you met? Um, I think uh, two. Two. Crystal and Baga. That's it? I think so, yeah. Didn't I thought you meant Bimini or something. Oh, yeah. I don't think that... I don't count that as, like, a meeting because, like, we're... Oh, okay. Say hi. Like, we're somewhat friendly. I don't know. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah. are, are there any... And a taste. So, four. Are there any Drag Race UK queens that you want to meet? I really would adore meeting Kitty. Mm-hmm. Three. Um, you should go see um, Death Drop. Yeah, I, I should. There's just so much drag that's happening here. It's, it's you know, very similar to New York where everything is just, it's a little bit overwhelming on like where you could go, what you could do. Yeah. And like how you pick and choose. And um, I would love to meet Scarlett as well. Um, I just rewatched season two and I though I have not met Tia, um, the place that I did that Disney snatch game, which I also believe that we'll talk about later, um, is... They they work around there a lot. Uh, two brewers, nice. Clapham. They're Clapham gang. How many spotted dicks have you seen? What's <laughs> mine, honey? <laughs> You've not seen any spotted dicks since being in London. I don't think so. Have you I know- had spotted dick? I- no. Yeah, I haven't seen any. All right. All right. So when I when I interviewed you, I had a question was which was what drag artists have you yet to work with that is on your wish list? Do you remember who you said? Some trash, probably. Okay, you want to like regret saying that before I reveal who you just said? Yeah, no. Was was wait, was this more like just people in our own little like community, or was this like in the world? No, in New York. Oh, um, I don't know what I, I don't know what I said, um, but you, yeah, just joke. You said Ruby Roo and Heidi oh. Ho. I love them. I still love them. Yeah, I worked with them. That's fine. Yeah. Now, I also asked you, is the drag scene competitive? Do you still think it's competitive? I think so. Yeah. And like, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, funnily enough, I have like, one of the little baby uh, artists that I said just from earlier is like actually doing something similar to this. It's not a rip up off block talk, but just like basically was just talking to me and she's like, it's hard to just like get out there and like meet and do and, and whatnot. And like, yeah, I think if that's still in New York too, right? Like you have the one night, the nightly, the, or excuse one-off. me, like, it's like, yeah, the one-off little competitions or, you know, I mean, it's, even before pandemic and even before I left, like it was very few and far between that I was just like going out in drag just to be like seen, yeah. you know, very, very now and again type of thing. Cause you just get into your routine, but like, that's kind of what you have to do. And that takes a lot of funds, looks, you know, preparation. It's definitely tiring and gruesome, Absolutely. especially if you don't get right in that, in the area where things are going down. Well, we're going to take this next segment and make sure we give credit where credit is due. This is clearly sponsored by, inspired by RuPaul, because this is called Living Life in London. Okay. Uh, for those who don't know the reference, 
you can you can write your own verse but it was the song from the um uh fifth episode of drag race uk versus the world um cute song yeah it was it was cute well you have left us for a new life and a new opportunity in london tell us what life is like in another country and also why you left new york for the uk yeah, totally. So I am doing a international marketing master's um, at a business school here in London. Um, I it, it is it's weird because like not only have I changed countries, but like it's not like I'm even working here, you know, so that was like that was the weird adjustment that I'm still dealing with of just being like 10 years out of undergrad. And now I'm at um you know, now I'm in uni, you know, I'm back to being a student again. And, and you know, this weird dichotomy of like, oh, I'm an adult, but like they're treating me like a student because I am a student, you know, and just like weird things like that. But like more often than not, my days just consist of like going to class, getting drunk at night, you know, trying to see as much drag and theater and and culture as possible. Um, you know, bad dates, nothing really different than from New York, truly, except not. I've swapped going to work and making money to being a student and um, expanding my mind. Do you miss working? I miss the people that I worked with and I miss knowing that I have a definite income, but I don't miss like corporate America, like bullshit type of things. Um, I, I, I know that I'm going to get my master's for to kind of maybe dive, like dive back into that world. But I definitely have a clear image of like what kind of company I'd like to work with and like what they're actually doing for the world. And like, is, is there, if I'm going to be there for so long, is it really something that I'm going to want to invest in and like be a part of? And like, what am I also getting out of it? Which is sure. obviously selfish, but it's, it's if I, that's where I'm going to be spending a, a bulk of my time and my life, then like I want, you know, things as well, you know? Absolutely. Now, what was the biggest change for you going from America to UK? What was the hardest adjustment? I think it's probably making time with my friends and family over in the States because you think at least on, I don't have that many uh, friends on the uh, West Coast, obviously mostly East Coast, but five hours is a weird time difference sometimes. It is. You know, like, um, it, it, it's definitely something that you have to like think about where I feel like in the States, we don't really think about too, too much. Now, um, during that first podcast with you, uh, there you did discuss about going uh, to visit your parents and visit your uh, nieces and everything. Do they miss you? Do you miss being so close to them? Well, that was kind of the thing is that my parents, well, my nieces uh, are, were out on Long Island, so that wasn't too, too far. But like my parents were in Florida and I wasn't seeing them. Well, at know. that time in 2018, they were still in Long Island. Oh, crap. Yeah. Yeah. That is wild. Um, yeah, I mean, I did go to Florida for my mom's uh, uh, birthday. She turned 65 and that was um, lovely, but was kind of exhausting just tra- traveling like that for so, so few days. Um, yeah, I mean, of course I miss my family. <laughs> what are things that you have now fallen in love with London? 
what did you not realize were so amazing about London? So something about London is like, I feel like we know that there's a pub on every corner, but what I love about the pubs on every corner is, is that they all have like floral arrangements and like ivy and like everything's just covered in like flowers a lot of places and I just we don't have that in New York like we obviously have like green parks and places that you can go but just just like flowers everywhere is kind of beautiful also um I think maybe because I was a tourist and it was just like the thing that you had to do to get places it's different but like the tube is just so much better than the subway like I've only ever had a couple, I can count on my hand how many instances of like my uh, train has been stopped. And it only just happened last week where like we were derailed for like maybe 20, not derailed, that's not the right word. We were on the tracks, but like we were, we we were stuck for like 35 minutes and then they were like, hi, we're canceling this line. You have to get out here. Um, And then right now there are tube strikes. So like yesterday, uh, excuse me, Tuesday and then today, I'm going to have to take the buses, but even the buses are incredible as well. Like just, I don't, I don't understand how New York has it so shitty, but I also think that the buses of New York are an underrated gem that people don't know about. That's fair. That's fair. Um, Now let's say you got an opportunity to open up your own pub. What is it called? The areola. (laughs) The areola, not the Admiral areola. Uh, yeah, probably would have to be the Admiral. Um, do you, um, have you learned like why they're all like the Admiral or, or, or the Queen or whatever? Why, why do they all go under that kind of moniker? I just figure it's because of like knighthood and like the monarch. Okay. Now yeah. I know you to have a fondness for hard seltzers. <laughs> okay. They don't really exist in the UK. Correct. They are slowly but surely kind of making their space. Mm-hmm. And I actually do have a, a lot more knowledge on this than you would believe because I've actually done some of my university marketing assignments mm-hmm. on Seltzer. You would. You absolutely would do that. But they are a little bit more expensive. Mm-hmm. And I'm at the point where I rather drink an IPA for like a pound less than just keep on drinking the White Claws with a straw, you know? Now, are the myths true? Is the beer warm? No, I think that depends on like where you're going and what type. Like if you're getting a cask ale, it could potentially be warm, but like, no, I mean, I'm drinking just, you know, beers that are brewed here that are, you know, out of a cold keg. Um, have you gone to uh, a footy match? No. Do you want to? Yeah, uh, definitely at some point, but it, I do know that it's kind of scary. What team would you root for? I don't even know what, what to say. I just, you know, I the, the reason why I like sport is because I, as you said, fond of, of drinking and I love to yell things. So I don't think it really matters what, um, what team. Well, you just might have to dress up as the uh, as the team you're going to support. And that's fine. Um, now, obviously, there are certain terms uh, that we Americans have differently than the Brits. Uh, mm. Was there anything that you had to quickly adjust? So you were saying um, something that wasn't inappropriate. 
Um, I don't think on inappropriateness, but I have developed just saying things with their words. You've definitely got said uni a lot. I'm like, oh, okay, we're, she, she's changing. Yeah, that's just because of what it is. And it just sounds better. And like you, some live in, them, you live like, in a what? I live in a flat. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. Um, but and, and to go from the first floor to the 10th floor, you use a... I walk. I <laughs> okay. I left. Um, yeah, but like little things like um, keen, like I'm keen on that, or um, I say pint instead of a beer for like everything, like or or like to even like any type of beverage, like you want to grab a pint sometime. Um, Have you explored the British versions of American fast food chains? Yes, I do love the Cheeky Nando's. What are those? Uh, a cheeky nando's is like peri peri chicken mm-hmm. um and they're all over the uk um but it, it actually um i feel like something isn't that's not n- well known is is that they the brits actually love uk franchises so like they love pizza hut mcdonald's obviously kfc domino's um they have they love like our burger spots so there's a bunch of five guys a bunch of a bunch of um shake shacks so i would like i don't know what i would call innately like a british food chain it's interesting because a lot of them are american now i still just do not understand the geography of specifically london because again you we watch drag race uk and they all say i'm from this place this place this place but they all basically essentially are from a part of london how big is london what or is it just the suburbs extend out so far? Yeah. So um, what I've gathered um, is is there's six zones to London. Like there's mm-hmm. central, and then each zones go out, mm-hmm. and those all are boroughs of London, just like you have boroughs of New York City. Mm-hmm. But there's like a lot. I I live I believe in the borough of like Tower Hamlets, and that is East London. So it's very much like you could say I live in London, but there are specific entities that you could say. Um, I, I I think from maybe like zone six to the other zone six, it would be maybe an hour 45 on the tube, maybe two, depend upon, you know, where exactly you're going. And maybe even further than that, if you're going from like north, you know, east to like uh, southwest type of thing. Um, yeah. Now, what is the best part about being in London and why is it the queen? <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know if this is going to be like a wild thing to Of course, it's going to be a wild thing to say, but like, <laughs> it would be cool to be here when like power changed. Yeah. Um, not to, you know, I, if you get what I'm saying, you get what I'm saying. Um, right, right, right. But, not wishing uh, anything to happen, but. Uh, uh, of course not. Um, but yeah, no, I just, it's just kind of, there's just this like older history type of thing here. And I do think that there's this like beautiful, like romance of that. I literally could hop onto a plane only for like an hour and a half and be in a completely different like country and and culture and, you know, a brand new experience, which is one of the reasons why I came over. Have you gotten to see all the uh, hotspots of the tourist traps like Buckingham Palace and 
and yeah. London Bridge and all those fun things. I have visited London a couple of times before I did move, but I have also um, done some of those things as well. I still have never been on the eye. Um, okay. Yeah, just because apparently it's like, it just takes a really long time to get on, like on. Like you need to wait like two and a half hours and then like the actual to go around is like another hour and you're like, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> that's fair, that's fair. But like, like even the other night I saw Wicked and we like went right by Buckingham Palace. You know, it's it's one of those things that I guess you kind of get, I don't, I wouldn't say that I'm desensitized to it yet because it's still, it's really cool, but it can happen to you when you live in your city for so long, you know. Have you had any visitors come by? Um, I had my one gal pal from Long Island and, and like middle school, Siobhan. We actually, um, we met in Copenhagen um, right after the winter holidays and then she flew back to london with me to stay with another friend so we hung out then well what happens after your journey in london where to next um i hesitate to say it officially because of i believe the payment went through but i haven't received the email that like we're all good 100 percent from um university but um i have signed up for a second masters um i'm going to be doing a second masters in san francisco starting in the fall of, the land of uh, poppy yeah poppy p-o-p-p-y i'm poppy um so i know about you know i'm really excited you know one of the reasons that i kind of am doing it is Obviously, yes, to get the master's, but also kind of similar to similarly to like what I did here is to just kind of like live out this student fantasy for a little bit and like make new friends, do some drag in a completely different place, you know, spend time. Like I, I looked at my life on what I have done here for four and a half months and was just like blown away with all the people and the experiences that I've had that I was like, why not replicate that? I'll never get this opportunity again, you know, so yeah. If, you, if there was an opportunity to stay in London after you finish your second master's, would you go back to London? Yeah. Um, so I think I definitely would. And, and there was a lot of different things up in the air. If, if I didn't end up doing the second master's, would I have stayed here? There is a, um, a new grad visa moment that I could have stayed here, but because I'm going to the States for so long, I'm forfeiting. So I think the end goal would be to work for some super international company that has you know, headquarters in, in different cities that um, I, I think I would like to get back to the UK at some point for, for sure. Nice. Yeah. All right. Before the show, I asked you to send me three themes or topics, and now we're going to dive into those topics. Ooh. Do you have a preference? Which one we start with? Oh, mix it up, babe. All right. Let, you know what? Let's do it. Let, since we're on the topic of UK, let's talk about UK drag versus US drag. Uh, you've been able to take part in a few London gigs. What would you first say is the biggest difference between performing in New York City and London? Um, so the biggest difference is, and although I, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I am seeing it a little bit more in, in the New York land, is um, events are ticketed, okay? So you are paying, you know, I'd say no less than eight pounds to go to somewhere. And, and for those of you who don't know really the conversion rate, I'd say that like, eight pound is like 10, 11 bucks. So, you know, or you're more often than not, you're paying like 10 or 12 pounds to get into an event. And it, it, um, I think it's a really great model because it shows the artists 
as well as the venue that they know that they have people coming. Um, obviously, the the tipping culture is not is is only kind of just starting here because of just knowing of the U.S. model. Um, so, like, I do have drag friends who will have like their PayPal tap to go right there as well, or you know, write out their PayPal for people. Or um, there are a lot of apps that you could just transfer money bank to bank here. No, Venmo is not really a thing. Um, and so, you know, if you're not tipping these drag artists, you know that you are covering them a little bit with the 10 pound or, you know, some places are 15. You know, I went to a drag race finale with Ell of a Day. I think that was 25. So, you know, it, it's different um, price points for obviously different experiences. But it, I would say that that is innately like the biggest difference. Um and then the spaces, more often than not, all of these spaces are really, really cool and have actual like lighting. Yeah. <laughs> Period. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I feel like the ticket thing is smart in a culture where tipping is not a primary thing. The right. difference is like venues like, I don't know, $3 bill. You're doing a ticket not because you want to it's because they're outsourcing the producers so that's the only way you're making money three dollar bill is not paying you to put on event there it's the people who are paying to go see you because that's the only way you're getting your money right um and then on top of that you have to tip so it's a little different yeah the model works but like do i really want to pay to go to the queue to watch a drag competition no yeah i think it's um I, I think it would be different if it was a one-off thing all the time that's happening. Um, you know, like, I, I don't no, even yeah, know. I, hear you. I would say maybe like, a, you know, I know that like Reefy does one of his things, or like, I think Boy Radio is doing something like where they're putting on like a production of a movie with like a specific innate cast, like making it a thing. You know, that is a little different if it's not the environment that you would be throwing money at. Sure. That, so now let's talk about performance. What have you learned is the biggest difference between your style that you have developed in America compared to doing it on stage in London? I don't know. Like, have translated? I think so. Um, I mean, I haven't had a lot of gigs here that like I've done mic work, um, which is obviously kind of all I was doing in, in New York. Um, but I mean, if I'm going to toot my own horn, like here we are and I have 35 minutes talking about me already. Like I still can give a great lip sync and I just, I, I feel like I make people feel just, you know, just, I can just chat, you know, let's just get to know each other and have a good time. You know, like it's still very people, people receive that well everywhere. You know, like I walk into a brunch. I'm having conversation with every damn table and I know like everyone's life stories by the end of it. <laughs> now, I know that predominantly live vocals is a big thing in British drag. That's not necessarily your forte. No. Um, so have you had to do any of that? And if not, how does an audience react to when they're like, okay, we're going to flip over to the lip syncs. So I feel like the, the um, shows that I have done have been, um have had good 
there, it's diverse in, in everything here, you know, um, type of type of performer, who they are as a person, how they identify, like, there's a lot of diversity here. Uh, and I think I can, can say that in a space of like, okay, well, we know Harriola is going to book this lip sync, so we'll book this person to, you know, I'll, I'll sing a live one today, just to, you know, so it's a little bit different. Now, obviously, you are a big fan of pop culture, American pop culture. Have you infused any of your American pop culture that's gone completely over the head of the Brits? No. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, there are things, I would say that there are things that are the opposite, actually. Like, um, <laughs> fair. Yeah, which I'm just like, I don't, I don't know this song. Like, what's happening? <laughs> um, and kind of moments like that, I think that definitely just goes back to the fact that I, there's a lot of, um, like I said, like not a lot of mic work that I've been doing where, you know, I'm just talking nonsense for a bit. Um, I feel like maybe that's where I would like, you know, hiccup there. Now, no, no one should be surprised that you are a very social person. You are someone who can make a friend easily. You had made a lot of um, friends in the bearded drag scene prior to going to London. You got to meet them in person and have um, been a part of their, their, their group a little bit. Who do you want to shout out? Who have been some of the biggest people that have helped you on your London drag journey? Um, that would be Grace Shush. Um, my nearest and dearest, like literally lives right over here. Um, Miss Frida Slaves um, has been super generous to me with gigs. Um, Sybil War um, and the whole House of War, they gave me an opportunity and were really great. Um, and yeah, all, all three of them are bearded. Um, Baby Lame is just so incredible every time I see them. Um, it's really lovely. I'm very blessed. Any favorite venues you've performed at yet so far? Um, Dalston Superstore is always a dream. I just love going there and not even in drag. So the fact that I get to be there in daytime in drag to like kind of just, I, I call it, I, I usually get called there to fill in, so I don't have anything fully, fully prepared. But so kind of what I've done is just like hang about a number every 35, some games, but genuinely really just like table hopping. Um, but I am filling in for um, a friend, Ian, um, who is actually partners with Sybil, who does a, a, a boozy like Broadway moment in May which that's the other thing that's a, there's a difference. People really like book out here, you know, like buy your tickets for April, the end of April. And you're like, it's just, it's March. Right. Right. Um, um, have there been any other London or UK drag artists that you've admired from afar that you've got to meet in person? Oh, I also have to shout out Taylor trash. My bad. Sorry, babes. Uh, <laughs> with the bearded loves. Um, I don't, in terms, like, of admiring from a, like, I don't know, like, I'm just kind of, like, friendly with them. Like, I guess they're people who I didn't admire prior to being here, but, like, I do now, and the fact that I am friends with them, like, um, Stu gives a fuck, Margot Marshall, um, you know, Chio, Kaz, Cleopantha, like, they're just all really good people, and just always have a laugh. Like for uh, me, the moment when I saw your face on Why She Black's story, I was like, 
okay, now my world has gone insane. I don't understand it. What's happening? I haven't seen why she, since we got fucked up at the Mighty Hoopla weekend, that was fun. Wait, were they there? Yeah, they I were. think so. It's just like, I don't she even know. She was Susie. Yeah. Yes, she was. And I was Angelica. Um, my my uh, my love, Lori May, is always so much fun to see and hang out with. Um, just like the East London friends are so, like, the people that I've made in the competition that I was just in, like, it's just, everyone's just, I mean, granted, ev- there's, you know, drama and blah, blah everywhere, but like, just here, have a good time, good old time. Now, now you mentioned that there are some uh, London uh, drag children that you um, enjoy that you maybe would mother be a little motherly to. Anyone you want to name? No. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Oh, I don't want yet. I'd rather just be like old grandpa, like just talk to me about ideas. Gotcha, I got gotcha. I'm not, I mean, I'll always lend out shit and you can come to me, but there's not specific people yet. <laughs> now, have you made any connections? Because it, it, you need to document your time through photography as Harriola. When are we going to see a London photographer take on the legend Harriola Grande? That's actually a really good question and I haven't thought about it. Go uh, talk to Maddie. Go figure it out. I should talk to Maddie. Um yeah, I just, I don't have any new specific outfits or hair that I'm just like really feeling delicious in. So I have to maybe scour, scour um, some of my pals. Um, I also want to continue to shout out Karma and Pearl and um, Saffron. I'm just, I'm afraid people are going to get mad if I don't like all shout them out. There's a lot. <laughs> Is there anything from the British drag scene that you think the New York drag scene needs to take aside from the ticketing idea? U.S. needs to take from U.K., you're asking? Yeah. And vice versa. So, like, there is this, so so they don't call them, like, drag shows. They call them cabarets. Which I think makes it fun, and that's that's where they're they are innately all singing. So I think that that is a thing, um, and I don't think that we have that really in New York, like a full all singing, you know, show. Maybe um, I don't know what they're calling it now, but you know, um, Paige Turner's um, Monday Broadway. I don't know what it's called or where it is. <laughs> musical musicals or something like that. I don't know. Musical Mondays at. Hush, is that right? I think that may be yeah, right. Not, not at all. Um, I think it's schmoozical. Schmoozical musicals at the it's not at the queue. No, it's hush. It's hush. So I got that right. <laughs> Let's go to our next topic. Are you ready? Yes. Now, obviously, being in Europe, you are a hop, skip, and a jump away from a lot of countries. Let's talk mm-hmm. about some travel. Uh-huh. What has been your highlight of being able to country hop? So I spent the first couple of months that I was here just kind of getting my bearings and, you know, uni, as we said, uh, um, just kind of getting back into that student field. So I didn't really get to travel until like the holidays, like end of December. And of course, as we know, like Omicron was, um, you know, sweeping the world. Um, so it did prove it a little bit tough, but I did manage to get to Prague. Um, and I did a little solo trip to Prague, um, for Christmas. That was beautiful. Um, 
their whole culture that is like to chug like hot wine and like I just like walked cobble streets and it started to snow on Christmas so like that was beautiful then I like I said I met my friend Siobhan in Copenhagen um that kind of sucked because things closed down at 10 oh no excuse me well, all of Prague was shut until the last night because they did this like backdoor kind of thing where like the date and so like the gay bars opened at midnight. And so that was fun. So I got to experience at least like one of the clubbier places in Prague. But in Copenhagen, it was odd because they would the they stopped serving alcohol at 10, but the bars closed at 11. So like it basically was just an hour for bar staff to like kind of close. But you would have people like running to the bar at 10 and like getting like pictures yeah. of stuff. So like that was kind of wild. Um, and then at, in the new year, I did a week in Pra, uh, excuse me, Portugal. Um, and I kind of fell in love with the country. Um, Lisbon and Porto are incredible. And they also had like zero nightlife. They were kind of doing the New York thing that we did in the beginning. Like if you're gonna sit here at this bar, you kind of have to eat a little something, sure. but not all, not all of the bars could do that makeshift that quickly. So most of the um, places were kind of closed. Um, but I am planning a um, St. Patrick's Day trip to Dublin. Uh, the Irish in me is super excited. So that's in a week and a half or probably a week after this is published. Are, are you asking Bag of Chips to borrow her um, leprechaun look? No, I would ask Blue over Baga. Okay, fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um, have you been to Ireland before? I haven't. So I get to... Uh, so you're excited. Yeah, I'm really excited. I, I want to you- just... Are you going I, to talk in an accent? I hope not. No. God. God, no. <laughs> um, so what do you plan on doing in Dublin? I think I'm going to, like, get drunk and suck dick. So you're not going to remember your trip at all? Can we edit that out? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're keeping that in. Are you kidding me? No! This is Ariel Grande. This is your brand. Yeah, but I want to say and get sucked as well. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Fine. We'll keep this whole segment in because that's just it's still you. Um, yeah. All right. After Island, where else well, would you like to go? I do want to remember, like I am going to be in, in Dublin and it's going to be Ireland for the first time. Um, I actually have a presentation for uh, my program at like one day. So I have to bring my laptop, but I will have like one day that will probably be like sober around Dublin and then St. Patrick's Day. So I do have some time there. And then in... Um, August, August in April, I'm um, meeting up with a dear friend from New York. We're going to go to Paris, um, and I think my friend, if, if all co- if all goes well, my friend Katie is going to visit me in London, her nana in Dublin, in uh, Ireland, and then meet me in Paris, and we're going to go to Disneyland Paris together. Well, I guess that's the segue uh, to talk about Disney. Now, let let's talk about it. Um, uh, you know me; I watched all the videos. I I watched all the vlogs about all the Disney parks. Yeah. Disneyland Paris, there's a lot to be desired there, but there's still a lot of unique things. What are you most excited about for Disneyland Paris? So like, I don't actually even know yet like that. And I think that that's what's even more exciting is because- The Crush Coaster, it's the Crush Coaster. I've never even been there. Like it's never even been on my radar because like, when am I going to be in Paris, you know? So I do need to, I do need to, like do my research into it. I did think go, I was going to be going alone. Go hit up Casey Bagnell. Uh, uh, he was just there uh, with his family. So okay, we'll he have... did both parks in a day. There's two parks. Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's Disneyland and Hollywood Studios in Paris. 
Yes. Is there anything different in Hollywood Studios than the yeah, US? Crush Coaster. And I mean, all of the um the Toy Story Land rides are different. Okay, well then I need to readdress with my with my bestie Katie because we'll we'll do an offline um uh, uh tutorial. I'll help you there. We need to like do two days. What is your favorite Disney movie? I don't know if I've ever answered this on this before. I don't think you have. So I like to break in my Disney movies in three different categories. I go by classic, Renaissance, and Pixar. Mm-hmm. So my classic, which should be no surprise to you, is the Aristocats. Mm-hmm. Um, I love me some Marie. I love all. I love all of them. It's just it's precious. I love it. Um, my Renaissance, I have. It's hard to choose from that moment. But like I was always been very, very fond of Aladdin with like a close second and third being like it, it's be, okay, because like here's the thing is, is that I always have liked to be different and choose different things. So it's like obviously Lion King is absolutely incredible, you know, like it's just it is there, it's fine, you know, like same with kind of Beauty and the Beast, like, but I always say Aladdin, and then like my two and three under are like a Hercules Tarzan. All right, and Pixar. And then in terms of Pixar, I feel similarly about Toy Story to the Lion King moment. So I always go like Monsters, Inc. And um, like Brave. So with having Monique give um, a Monsters, Inc. reference on the runway, Cheryl doing Aristocats, you must have been thrilled. It was like, it was moments for me. But I also didn't don't like that. Like usually I feel like the panel of judges know what they are going to do so they do that little allude but like like michelle said nothing about that being marie and you could tell it was clearly right 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 all right so last year 2021 disney put out three um well disney and pixar put out three big movies Encanto, luca and raya and the last dragon yeah rank them one two three. Oh my god i think this is so easy People, oh, okay. I'm, I'm gonna make people upset. Um, oh, I would say so easy. <laughs> well, now I'm thinking about it. I would say, <laughs> oh, Nikes, Luca, Encanto, Raya. Right, right. Now, obviously, you weren't there to experience Encanto with your nieces. Are they a fan of Mirabelle? I actually don't even know. We haven't <gasps> that. Yeah. And I've only seen it once, which is why I think I rated it too. And I have okay. the soundtrack. So like, talk to me in a week and this could have changed. Okay. Now, um, do you talk about Bruno? All the time. <laughs> now with Disney, obviously Disney has bought a couple other big franchises, Marvel, Star Wars. Are you a fan of either? Um, I mean, I grew up with a kind of Star Wars family. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, yeah, I remember like going to midnight showings and like seeing the the prequels, uh, one, two, and three. Um, and fun fact, I actually am going to be brought back for that Disney Snatch Game thing that I did. And I, it is a May the 4th Be With You moment. Mm-hmm. So it is Star Wars themed. Um, if you're not Chewbacca, I'm not watching. 
Um, I can't confirm nor deny. <laughs> Fair. All right. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do also really, I, I think you did something similar uh, during the pandemic. I actually watched all of the Marvel in the timeline order. No, no, not timeline. Because I remember there was a big debate. I watched it in release order. Right, right. To experience this, this kind of Easter eggs and clues that were being given to you as an, a normal viewer. Um, I also did that. What I did watch release was all of the Disney animated movies, um, except for... Mary Poppins, because that's dual, and I had actually never seen it full through. So slap me, but yeah, I know, wow. I know. You I know, don't. As a, as a Star Wars fan, if you had the money, if you had the cash, $5,000, Star Cruiser, would you do it? I don't think so. No, not no. that big of a fan? No, I don't think I'm that big of a fan. If I had the 5000 I would rather like go on a Disney cruise. That's fair. You, you wouldn't even want like your own personal tutorial about how to use a lightsaber? And eat blue shrimp? No, I feel like I could do those other places in my life. That's fair. That's fair. Um, so on, on Block Talk, we um, do something called Tea Time. And get ready for a second round of Tea Time. In this game, you are going to once again spill tea on some of your favorite sisters, friends, collaborators, enemies. The list is endless. Some are new since the last time. Others are your second chance to spill new tea. Are you ready? I don't think so. We'll start off easily. Okay. Angela Mansbury. Oh, I do love me some Angela. Um, I kind of feel like I passed my my bingo on to them. And from what I understand, they're just doing great things. And I kind of was right in the beginning of Angela starting to do their drag so like that was fun i have um nothing but nice things to say right next up edie james i miss edie oh so she's one who like um moved away during pandemic time or maybe even right before pandemic times um and we just fully she'll always be a, a good sis like always down for a nice little joint, smoke, chat, talk about art life, the world. Um, I miss you, Edie. Next is Chola Spears. That fucking bitch. I don't want to talk about her. <laughs> um, wow. No, so my real tea about Chola is that I ad adore everything that they do, but um, she likes to get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, true. she doesn't like to, but she somehow just, uh, does sometimes. Um, it happens. It, it does happen. I mean, we all, you know, have a mouth. We're all, you know, looking, um, you know, to say what we think is the right thing, etc. I love. Sometimes you just forget to press the close friends button. Yeah, I um, oh, I um, I I love Chola. And I'm happy that they won Miss Rock Bar this past year. But I do think that that competition needs a little bit of a uh, restructure. Yeah. Next up, Aria Derchi. I haven't seen Aria in so long. Um, they're, they're doing their damn thing. Um, I Aria is a queen that should be, like, everywhere. 
You know what I mean? Um, kooky, kooky little minds, like super smart, has a good time. Um, I mean, her and Pussy are like just such good people and like good vibes to have around. Um, I these aren't like I'm rarely gonna say anything bad on fucking. <laughs> that's right. recorded. <laughs> All right, well, let's go with Pussy Willow next. What do you have to say about Pussy? I feel like me and Pussy had a little rocky of a start because we had, um, uh, how do I say this? A, like, a tough boss, perhaps, is a way to say it, of just, um, I feel like things weren't being communicated properly, and I feel like maybe I held that against Pussy for a while. So, Pussy, if you were listening to this and you felt that, I'm sorry. But I think that we ended up being, like, really good friends and, like, sweetheart. Next up, Jacqueline Hyde. Bitch. (laughs) Me and Jackie got close during pandemic, and she actually, like, she's the type of person that makes you just just giggle because she'll turn to me and she'll be like you're really funny you know and I'm like yeah (laughs) you know and like things like that and I know that she's especially now with like best host and all and everything that she's doing like so admired by people where I'm you know it's kind of like an honor to have someone like her think that I am funny you know like it, it was one of those like oh, like, are we actually hanging out? Like, are we real friends? Because, like, you know, like, you know, you have those people in your life that, I don't know. I'm super proud of Jacqueline and all she's doing. I hope that she's sleeping right now because the bitch <laughs> sleeping. Next up, Audrey Phoenix. Same little crew from our pandemic. I adore Audrey so, so much. Um, we would go on little coffee dates through the pandemic, and they're just fucking... Um, smart like we I feel like we had bonded similarly because um they're also like you know working queen on on the side or was I know that I think I think their drag went a little bit more full-time but you know totally understood the hustle of like nope I have them working like my full-time day job you know um and then doing all the drag on the side so I feel like there's a little like there's only a few and far people between who like kind of get that absolutely Next, we have Amanda Pork. Amanda. Um, I just like, these are all these people that I haven't seen in so long. So it's kind of hurting my heart. Um, I do regret never having done brunch with Amanda. Like we did bingo, but I don't think I did pulperia with Amanda. And I feel like we would have had a lot of fucking fun. Um, she, I mean, she's a funny queen. She, I mean, she makes his... She makes mixes that I'm just like, mm, kind of wish I had that, you know. You can always ask her for one. That's true. I did last night ask someone, like, I'd be like, can I have that mix for like, a, like, can I have that number for like a hundred pounds? Like it was <laughs> dead. Speaking of good mixes, Nicole and Oscopy. Nicole, she's been gone for far too long. I'm so very proud of her journey. Um, I know that she kind of, always wanted to get back to Oregon. Um, I think I said that correctly, if you're listening, Oregon. And um, 
but just like pandemic catalysts her there a little bit further, uh, excuse me, earlier. Um, but they seem really happy and like content and doing, doing the Portland thing. So, um, yeah, if I end up in San Francisco, I would love to come up to Portland and get Booker. Next we have Vanadu. Oh my God. (laughs) The wine drinking mom. Honestly, not worth it. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. I like it's. I haven't fucking seen that in so damn long because she left too. Um, no, I think I saw them before we I, before they moved to Buffalo. But um, I feel like I should reach out to all these people today. And you should. <laughs> I should. Vanna um, is all like killing her little game up in, in Buffalo. I know that she's made some controversy. There was something that was going back and forth about some sort of uh, van- You all know that that's not the easiest, especially when there's money and, you know, your work to be there. Um, yeah. Next we have the artist formerly known as Petty Cake. Pity cash. Honestly, like my Sag sis, love her so much. I think she has like two or three of my wigs that I lent to her. She, I think, is such a star and a talent. Um, there's so many things in that little toolbox that I feel like sometimes like she doesn't know. Like that bitch can tap, she can dance. She's only gotten funnier and more comfortable on a mic. Like Absolutely. I I am in awe sometimes of the shit that she does. But as much as I love Celine Dion, girl, you need to retire the baby mix. It's done. I love <laughs> you. And that's the only thing that I've said that's harsh this whole damn time. But also don't retire it because it's Celine. <laughs> and finally, there was controversy last time we spoke about this person because of something they said about you. You returned the favor. But now time has passed. Give me the tea on Coco Taylor. What can I get a brief? Like, can I get a pre-rack on what actually happens? <laughs> Remember when uh, she talks about your confidence and, and or the lack thereof, um, and then I came to your defense. Oh, and, yeah. yeah, and you were, yeah, you, were yeah. you were slightly pissed in a Hariola way, not actually pissed, but like perturbed. Yeah, no, I think it was just a um, a phrasing of words because I think that actually Coco is that same exact person too. It's like a reassurance factor. You need your yeah. sound. To just be like, hey, this is a really good idea. Or, hey, you could tweak X, Y, and Z. They say that here, X, Y, and Z. <laughs> but I, I'm also, I mean, you know you know what I, I wrote to Coco for her last little block talk back of just, you know, she is spreading her wings to doing things that other people aren't doing, you know? And to get a couple of shows at the Beachman, I think that's where it was. Um, is is so awesome and like she's writing her own stuff she's doing parodies so it's more that i can say that i'm doing well we all change but sometimes it takes the people around us to really note that change so in friendly encounters i've asked a couple of your pals to send me a little message about how they've seen you change since the last time you were here i got three for you so you give me a number one two or three and that's your and we'll, we'll start there one two or three 
Um, the middle child will start too. All right. This is from Chola Spears. Harriola has stayed the same since day one. Harriola is her own person. She knows who she is and the energy she gives to this world is loving and fabulous. One time I saw her apologizing to people for being unapologetically herself. And that moment has always stuck with me because if we should be apologizing for anything in this, in this world, it's being ourselves. Love you, Harry. Oh my God, that's so Right. Do you want number one? You want number two, three. Um, your choice. All right, let's go with one. Okay. This is from Angela Mansbury. Okay. You just tell her Angela Mansbury says hi. I've been really enjoying seeing your character-inspired looks on Insta. Cute. And finally, three. Can you guess who it's from? I feel like it could be a Coco just to like give it back, but it also it is Coco. It is definitely Coco. Maybe Patricia. Harry Grande is one of the smartest, funniest, and generous queens I know. Always ready to perform for a benefit at a minute's notice. I didn't think I'd miss them when they jumped across the pond, but I really do. Come back. Oh, you like me. You really like me. We got some fan corner questions for you. Oh? Mm-hmm. Three of them are from... Three from Coco Taylor. Fucking A. I can't get away from this one. <laughs> First off, do you have a British accent now? I have a British inflection. There are some things that I say that I'm sure listening back to this, I'm going to be like, what? <laughs> she also asked, bangers or mash? No. No? No. You know, maybe mash, not bangers. What British queen reminds you of Coco Taylor? I'm not answering that. Yes, I answer it. To compare queens. Say Queen oh. Elizabeth. HRH the second because they're so damn old. <laughs> this is a question from Emmy Great. It's okay. a novel. For the past couple of years, things have been happening in the world and everyone's just dealing with the consequences. There isn't much of sense of agency over our lives. How does it feel to move across an ocean at a time like this? What is extra challenging? Was it an accomplishment? How is it going to affect your art and activism going forward? That is pretty intense, but I expect nothing less than from Miss Emmy. Um, I... Unfortunately, I'm not in a position to like give back charity donation wise as I used to do when I was, you know, working full time. Um, and the drag that I'm doing is so few and far between that it is kind of my way of living and, and you know, groceries and, and weed. Um, but <laughs> um, I do still try to use my Instagram to um to put my stance on things that are happening in the world. Um, it's what was the first part of the question on like, how do I, well, how does it feel to move across an ocean at a time like this? I, I think that like by this, I'm still, I'm assuming that it's the pandemic um, that I, that was really the catalyst for me coming over here is, is, is why not now? And, you know, I saw, so many dear friends of mine's um, 
you know, lives just change so quickly. Um, and I was super blessed to keep my job. And I think that I wanted, I was blessed to keep my job, but it was something that I no longer wanted to do. So I, I do think me getting here and making the decision and like picking up from everything that I knew um, was a challenge and, and was, uh, what was the word that she used? Um, an accomplishment? Yeah. Um, and, and granted, I, I will also still say that like, I am in my right state of mind. Like it's still English speaking, it's London. It's not, you know, that far removed from a New York metropolis. But, um, but yeah, it's still, it's, you know, I think it's still a crazy thing to do. Now, not to get too political, obviously, but with what's going on in Ukraine, is it scarier to be in Europe right now for you? I don't feel it. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to put this as delicately as possible. I am only... I, I guess, like mental health wise, I'm old. I, I am. I obviously know what's happening. Um, I I am not um, uh, constantly watching the news, reading everything. You know, I read a couple of things every day. I'm trying not to because I think that that's something that happened to me in the beginning of the pandemic, where like you just consumed so much of what was happening, and you just it it just feels so overwhelming and too big that you can start to freak out of like what sure. is ha- really happening in the world um so i i i'm trying to not i don't want to say stay away from it but i am monitoring what i am like what i am taking in sure. um yeah well you know that um on the original podcast we have um the previous guests asked my current guest a question but we do things differently here okay you're going to answer the question that you asked Oh, fuck. This is like some Doctor Who shit. This is like <laughs> very bullshit, Michael. Listen, if Doctor Who, if we get David Tennant back to play Doctor Who, I am here for it. Can you believe? I can't even believe that's in works. It's a possibility. I will be very happy. But either way, no matter what happens, I am now a Whovian. I am a big Doctor Who fan. So I'm excited for whatever happens. Doctor. Well, this is a question from Harry Grande for Harry Grande. Oh, shit. Oh, if God. you could change a feature of yourself to either highlight or make yourself better as a performer, what would you change? Um, so I still say all the damn time that I want my top lip just a little bit bigger. Okay. Not, not All-Stars 2 moments because like, I just want it to match my bottom lip, which I think is a little bit more plump. Uh-huh, that's fair. I don't think that that makes me a better performer. <laughs> I do think that it would potentially, um, it would stand out against my beard a little, like my mustache a little bit better um, and just would make, you know, a womanly moment a little bit more um, gorge. Um, who, who, Oh, that's that's a nice question. Yeah, good question for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I may be setting myself up here, but this is what we're doing on this version of the show. Uh, you've been on the show before. You know what I do. I ask, you tell. Well, now is your turn. You get a chance to ask me anything. Anything. Do I get more than one question? Is it like five or is it just like no, one? No, just one. You get one chance to ask the host something. So pick wisely. Okay, I'm going to throw you a curveball. Let's do it. 
And my question is going to be a fuck, Mary kill. Oh boy. Let's do it. Um, and it's going to be all, <laughs> um, like just your, your UK little twinks that you love. So okay. fuck, Mary kill Ollie years and years. Yep. More of a Troy, even though it's not UK, but like it's Australian. Okay. Ollie years and years. Blue Hydrangea or Scarlet Harlot? Fuck, Mary Kill. I mean, I am a sucker for a blonde, so we're having, unfortunately, have to kill Ollie Alexander. Um, I think I would fuck Blue Hydrangea because she is a dirty little bitch. Um, And I'm going to marry Scarlet Harlot so I can cuddle that boy every fucking day. I feel like that was easy for you. That was very easy. Damn it, I wanted to make it hard. Well, Harry Ola, um, who do you want to hear come back for a block talk back? Um, one of my, the first ever, I think, block talk that I listened to was Vicky Buffon. All right. I'll, I, that's, that sounds fun. I don't know what she's up to nowadays, but that- yeah, exactly. I think that they left the city for a while, or like maybe they were back. I don't even know if they're doing drag anymore. Um, but I do remember in my early days of of starting to meet you and know you, I would I would get ready to your podcast, and I remember oh, getting ready to uh, a Vicky Buffon. I didn't even find it, so that's how good my memory is. I just pulled wow. it out. Yeah. I didn't- <laughs> Well, Hariola, where can we find you on social media? Um, I guess whatever British money giving apps you can use and any projects you want to plug. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Thank you, Michael, for your time. As always, um, you can always find me at Hariola Grande on Instagram, Facebook. I'm few and far between now, um, but I am a little bit more on the Twitter sphere. Um, However, I do like a lot of porn. So if you follow me, you may get some of that. But uh, sorry, not sorry. Um, and money app would be PayPal. And you can find that in my link tree um, because I have one of those now. And I believe I'm not 100% sure if I can announce it, but just like stay tuned for some of the fun things that I'm going to be doing in the UK. Follow the bitch. Follow me. Thank you so much for coming back. It was a pleasure catching up with you. I haven't come yet, but thank you for having me. The biggest thanks to Harry Ola for coming back on. Subscribe on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and leave us a review while you're there. And don't forget to visit buymeacoffee.com slash blocktalk to show support for the pod. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. 